Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor and subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on YouTube at Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. It would be much appreciated. Today, I'm joined by the voice of the Washington Commanders, Graham Weinstein. I was not able to be at the OTA practice today. I'm up in Bristol for some, an NFL Nation Summit meeting, but Graham was there. So I wanted to bring him on to talk about what he saw with the first look of, of the Washington Commanders this spring. One little note on the stadium situation. So there's a little bit of a semantics thing going on, I think. I don't know if it's still trying to learn more about this real estate stuff. So there's a the Washington did. What I, here's what I was told about the whole purchase or non-purchase, option, option, whatever. That the money cleared escrow so that they paid, they put that money in a cleared escrow, but they still had the option to walk away. Now, some people consider that a land option, but they're, they're saying that, no, they purchased the land. So there it is. But bottom line is it's where they would like to build right now. Um, the stadium, things have to go through the, the General Assembly in Virginia. Transportation issues have to be resolved, and then we'll know what's going to happen. So I don't know if it's a quite semantic because it's not my area of expertise, but this is what both sides, what, what they're saying, that it did indeed clear escrow. Um, I know other people, um, state senators have said that what lobbyists told them that it was a land option deal. They do have the option, but they did clear escrow with the money. So there you go. Anyway. After this break, I'm going to be joined by the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Bram, you were out at practice today. As I told people before you came on, I wasn't able to be there because I'm up in Bristol, NFL Nation Summit. I'm reporting from ESPN headquarters. But um, I do want to start with a quick little look at that stadium situation. The site right now that they would like is Woodbridge. What do you think? So I think it's been logical for a while that Virginia is where they're going to end up. Um, You know, I think if the Snyders had their way, they would go to the RFK site, Correct. but the land is just frankly not available, uh, mainly caught up in red tape with the federal government. It's not the team's um, doing. They would like no, to be down there. No, it's not the district's doing either. I think Muriel right. Bowser would try government. to green light it to get done as well. I don't know how the city council would deal with it, but like, you know, but I think Muriel Bowser has been more than public that she wants the stadium to be down there um, at the RFK site. So it's just not available. So that's clearly first choice, but the first choice is kind of off the table. Um, this is secondarily, we can get to whether, you know, you think they're playing chicken with putting out news about, you know, a site in Virginia, whether they still have a little bit of time to get around to the next election and see what changes happen in Congress and whether, 
you know, there's a possibility again of reopening those discussions if new people are in charge of what to do with that land. Um, but that's, you know, six months away if they want to wait for it. Um, Maryland, you know, clearly all along has, I don't think, put together at least publicly a pitch towards the team that sounds like it would be as attractive as any of the three sites in Virginia. Um, they say they'll let them build a new stadium. They'll put no public money towards it. They'll then allow them to kind of redevelop. And then their redevelopment plans don't kind of, if you listen to them publicly sound in line with the vision that the team has to have kind of an entertainment and commercial district that is kind of based around the team. Virginia is, you know, living and breathing that vision for them. And it's clear, I think all along, like, would they have preferred Loudoun County over Prince William County? Sounds like it. Because if you read some of the, you know, the news today that they did attempt to acquire a plot right. of land out in Loudoun County. they're still going to attempt, let me say this, they're know, still trying to acquire some land in Loudoun. Yeah. I think like off the silver line would make a lot of sense. At least you'd have the Metro Woodbridge or Dumfries does not offer that public transit from, you know, the main pub of the DMV. So, um, you know, I think they're falling into a category where they're probably get more incentives to go to Prince William County. There's more reasons to go there. Loudoun County um, has already a lot of affluence, a lot of wealth, a lot of tech corridor. There's, you know, I'm sure they'd love to develop, but it's not as I think as much of a project that would probably be attractive to the state government as Prince William County would be. And of the two sites, listen, I'll take closer to D.C. as someone who lives in Maryland. As opposed to Dumfries, even if the distance, you know, isn't all that much. I-95 corridor is going to be a disaster. I think we all know that. I don't know what kind of public transportation options there are going to be. Um, But, you know, I will say this, like, you know, a lot of teams don't play near their hub anymore. You know, Dallas doesn't. 49ers don't. Patriots don't. You know, there's a lot of teams that are like that now. And it's not as unusual as you might think. And um, I think we're going to have to get used to it because it feels logical that Virginia was always going to be the site. Right. And I think as far as the transportation issues, because I talked to someone today and they said they saw a funny line on Twitter, which was you can you can tailgate on 95 the day of the game if you want, because the traffic will be so bad. But they need to figure out the transportation issues. They would like to create, I guess, a yellow line to go down to like Potomac Mills area, which is where the stadium would be. And like he said, they've been trying to get that for a long time. So for yeah. that to happen, he said it could take another 10 years for that to come to fruition. Don't so think that, the team has, I don't think the team has a lot of say in that, you know, like no, that's going to be the that's state be government the state. is going to have to be willing to put the resources to build it down there and therefore they can lobby for it. But like that's out of their control. So let's get, cause I'm limited here. I got to get back to a meeting in a few minutes. So let's get down the field. You were out there today and it kills me that I missed it, but work calls, this work calls, my headquarters calls. So what did you see today? What were some of your impressions? I guess we can start with Carson Wentz. What did you see from him? So like, as I expected, you're going to see a lot of tweets from a lot of people who actually went out there today and got wowed by what they saw because first impressions are going to be that way. And, you know, like we've not had a quarterback here um, that kind of has the size, skill, athleticism, ability to throw the ball down the field, the zip the ball comes out of his arm with in a while, you know, frankly. And so, you know, I think from that perspective, you know, really, I mean, even previous to Alex Smith getting hurt, I don't think we saw that, you know, so it's been a while since they've had a guy who has kind of the look and feel of a franchise quarterback. So it looked that way. I was sitting there with Logan Paulson, who I know has done your show a lot, and I think he's doing terrific work, you know, yeah. covering the team um, in a variety of different areas. And I was sitting there talking to him a lot. And what really stood out to him, and it stood out to me too, but I'm, you know, more will lean in on his expertise than mine. He felt that they were kind of organized and felt just by watching them today felt 
offensively ahead of the curve, like mm. watching them, like it felt more like people were on the same page, probably more so than anybody would have expected with all these different offensive linemen, a new quarterback, a rookie receiver. Terry's not here. You know, I think there's a lot of things that aren't missing, except it really looked like it was operating at a relatively high level. That said, you know, keep in mind, no pads, right there. This is, you know, this is glorified walkthrough. Nobody's going to hit each other. You know, interceptions are whatever they are, you know, receptions are whatever they are. But I agreed with him that like for May and all these new pieces, it was a good first sign of how things were going to operate. And the funny thing is with Wentz, because the big questions with him don't surround the talent. We know he looks what he looks like. and We've seen the talent. It's going to be a lot of other things over the course of the year. How does that progress in the locker room, um, leadership, whatever you want to call it. But those are the things that people have had questions in the past. The talent has always been there. So as as far as that, you know, how did you see him, like the interactions with guys and and just what did you, did you catch up on anything there? There wasn't a lot there. I mean, you know, we're just kind of watching a glorified walkthrough practice. Really, It felt like a, you know, it felt like a Friday, like where they're not putting the pads on and they're just kind of running through a lot of things. I just think more than anything, it was nice to see them seemingly operating. There wasn't a lot of stop downs. There wasn't a lot of redos. Um, they seem to be kind of operating. It was nice to see Curtis Samuel utilized in a yeah. number of different ways initially. And the other thing I think will stand out, it will to you when you see him and it will to fans when they see him in training camp. Antonio Gibson looks like he's done powerlifting on his legs and yeah, lost no, weight up top. He looks great. He, right? and I, so, did a, I did a story on him that's actually out now when he talked, he went from 18% body fat to 12% body yep. fat. Worked a lot on carrying a weighted football around to help with the fumbling issues. They did think some of that was brought on by the injury. But so, yeah, I was curious to see how he looked. I'm glad you brought that up because did he, and it, because it's like a glorified walkthrough, it's hard to sit there and say, oh, this guy looks quicker. This guy looks faster. Could yep. you see anything in movements, though, from anybody that just kind of jumped out to you? Well, I mean, you know, we hadn't seen Curtis Samuel run in a really? long time. So that was. And important. when we saw him last year run, he didn't, he was not 100%. No, but he, you know, he looked a lot closer to the speed that you're expecting to see with him. Um, Also, you know, and again, these are just hints of things that you get to see as we head into the summer. He did line up in the backfield a number of times. He did take, you know, glorified jet sweeps and some handoffs on what would be zone read type stuff and ran routes. So the whole materialization of like what his role is going to be, I think it was kind of on display for a day. So you got to see that. Gibson, as I said, looked good. McKissick looked really good, albeit it was hard to get used to the number change. That that was a whole other thing that was happening today yeah, with yeah. everybody wearing different numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought for a first, you know, for a first glimpse, Wentz looked very good. And then, you know, for me and you, the football nerds, the guy who was snapping the ball to him with Chase Rulli heard is Wes Schweitzer. So it gives you a little hint of what may be coming down the road there in the interior. I loved Wes. I loved Wes as a helping. center. Yeah. I loved Wes as a center last yeah. year when he went in there. He is he's a tough SOB. And so, and you know, in the run game, and yeah. I, I like that. And um, how about um, obviously Terry McLaurin wasn't there. What's your take on that situation? Um, so I thought there were a couple things like one, like obviously there's, you know, we're now at the point where it's a standoff, you know, clearly um, publicly, you know, no one seems to be um, hinting even in the slightest bit that there's a problem um, and that something will get done. I thought the most telling thing I heard today was John Allen, actually, who spoke to everybody after practice. And you know how he is. He's, he's right. very down the middle with his answers. He doesn't really take a position on much. But on this one, he did. And kind of eloquently described his contractual situation a year ago, 
how personal he took it, mm-hmm. how personal it can be for everybody, how you can get really frustrated. Because if you remember, his did not get done until the summer, right before training camp. And that's where this one seems to be at least heading for now. Right. Um, and he said, he reiterated, like one, he said, I'm on the player side with this. They should make their money. And he goes, secondarily, he just listed off the litany of reasons why this team should not lose him. Yeah, and I actually I'm, thought it was it was really very telling. It did not insinuate to me that there's there's particularly a problem here. And I've yet to run into there's a problem. But right. we have reached the point where he's not here and we are at contractual standoff. Right. And nobody wants to see that go sideways. Nobody does. And hopefully it won't. Right. And I think I think they understand his importance here, but but it is deeply like I, I said something um, to somebody earlier today on the radio about how it, what he means here is more than what A.J. Brown meant to Tennessee as far as the Agreed. overall package. Now, A.J. Brown might be better, but what his package, I think, means more defensively. Anything jump out there? Yeah, I mean, I think we saw Cam Curl look good today. He also got a lot of um, uh, there was a lot of like hype from Rivera about how he's kind of stepped up as a leader. I think that position group obviously is going to be very interesting to watch. Um, Troy Apke was taking some snaps at safety again. He was kind of back Uh-oh. there. Derek Forrest had um, people are going to screech on that one. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm afraid to say it because it's just like can't wait for Commanders Twitter to take off with that. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, Derek Forrest clearly is going to get some more opportunity now. Of course, it was a draft pick a year ago, so he's got a little bit more opportunity um, in front of him. Corn Elder made a great play at interception today, so you know that'll probably catch highlight reels if it was caught on camera by the local media. Um, outside of that, you know, listen, no chase young, no Montez sweat today. So again, you know, high profile people that are missing, this team has made a point of, we kind of want you to be here. So Rivera said that young gave the reason why he's not here, said he's in Colorado. He is rehabbing. They are in communication. The expectation is he will be back, you know, at some point in the very near future, as there are some stacked practice weeks coming in here before they take their break before training camp. But again, I mean, this was one of those things where he's made a point of, we really want you to be here and Chase is not here. And, so and the we'll rehab, he's at least rehabbing this year rather yes. than doing other things. So that's a focal yeah. point for him. Um, last thing is I'm going to have to run here. Any rookies jump out? Uh, Brian Robinson looks the part for sure. Um, Dotson looks smooth. You know, I don't, I'd like to see him open it up and see what the speed looks like, you know, to really get a look at that. Right. And you're not going to get that today. It was raining here. So you're not going to get that on a wet field or on a first day. Um, but he's really smooth. When you watch him, you kind of, you see what they like in him. He's very, very, very smooth. And I think Robinson, I think offers a lot of promise. So that was there too. Um, I did not get to see a lot of Mathis. I mean, the defensive line was out there, but I, right. nothing that was noticeable. How about Percy Butler? Yep. There was nothing really, to me, nothing personally noticeable about him. So those are the ones. And then Chris Paul's big. I would say that. So yeah. like, like you He's notice his athlete. size. Yeah, yeah, you notice his size immediately. He fits in with the depth of what they're looking for, at least in terms of, you know, speed and size. There you go, Bram. I got to run. So I just, but I wanted to make sure everybody got caught up in what they saw. I will be back out there next week, as will you. So thank you very much for coming out. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me. And thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back with Friday when I talk to Jay Norvell, who was Cole Turner's college coach. Some good stuff from Jay. Thank you and talk to you next time.